Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In this edition of The Mailbag, we build our best ever offense from Texas Tech history. We talk about which team has better position groups, 2017 or 18. We talk about the possibility of playing without some key players on defense. Why there are so many different polls in baseball and a very deep hypothetical question that had Michael and Spencer stumped. This is the mailbag edition of the 23 Personnel Podcast and it starts right now. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome to the mailbag edition of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello again. Yeah, so we previewed some of the questions in the the regular episode right there at the very end. Um, We got a handful of great questions. We're just going to kick it right off. Um, I'm going to let Michael start this one, but it's pick five wide receivers, one running back, and one quarterback from tech history. Go. Okay, do you think I should just list them all off and then you can dissect them later, or what? Or should we go, like... I will tear your list apart name by name, so why don't you go ahead and start? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know what your list is yet. Okay. Uh, I, I talked with... I was in Dallas this weekend, and I visited my friend Adam, and we went to a, a Foo Fighters concert, which... That's neither here nor there, other than just to interject that in the conversation because it was awesome. But uh, as soon as you sent that to me, we were having dinner, and I asked him about it, and we kind of we kind of came up with very similar answers. Um, so I'll I'll just kind of go through mine, and then I'll I'll share where I different from him. But anyway, um, quarterback. And just for you guys listening, I'm not going to go back to like Zebby Lethridge or something. You know, I'm going to. Yeah, me neither. I'm going to stick with who I know. Uh, I'm going to stick with who I've kind of gotten to see personally as a fan. So, and having said that, this one's going to be pretty easy to pick for both of us. Yeah. So, apologies to uh, to to the historical guys out there who's hollering. Why don't you pick Billy Joe Tolliver? Um. All right, you know, based off of what I saw at Tech, how well everything went with him at the helm, I'm going Graham Harrell. That's who wow. I'm going. Okay, not where I thought you were going to go with that. So I was going to ask: Are we are we taking into to account the team's performance? For those teams, like for I, those years, like I think, okay, I think your metric, are we looking at individual? I think your metric is up to you, um, because if we're looking at individual performance, quarterback is no question for me. It's Patrick Mahomes. I agree. 
but the team did not perform very well in his years. And we were just going through tech history from like 2013 between episodes. We're like, there's a lot of heartache in here, especially t- we were talking about 20, 2016 in particular. We're like, you had no idea what this team was. A lot of right. heartache in here. You had like a lot that. of games like you were close. You're within a, a touchdown of Kansas State, and then you get blown out at home by West Virginia, like by 30 points. And then you have that game against Oklahoma where you're just trading, you know, uh, touchdown drives all night. You have the 66 to 59 game. Um, what then you follow that up with a trip to Iowa State and lose by 56. So it's like you just had no idea who you were that year. So, and, and obviously that was a year that you had Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. Um, so yeah so if I'm looking at individual performances it's no question for me would be Patrick Mahomes team wise I can't fault you for that but if we're looking at team performance again obviously it would be Graham Harrell yeah because nobody else did what he did with the team well and to be fair too Harrell also had Michael Crabtree to throw to Um, you know Mahomes Mm -hmm. didn't have a guy like that and of course, he had he had more of a a he had a much rounder set of guys around him besides just one superstar, right? Whereas Mahomes was the superstar mm-hmm. on his team. I mean, by far he was like supernova. But that was just kind of I don't know. That's where I that's where I came up with my conclusion of just you know Harold ended up with gosh, of course he played another year. Uh, or a year longer than Mahomes and definitely started more games by far. But he ended up with almost 16,000 yards. Um, you know, I, I know Crabtree which caught a lot for of them. A, <laughs> for a four-year average, which he didn't, you know, he didn't start a full four years. That's 4,000-plus yards a year. Right. And he started, what, three years? Uh, or three yes. and, and change. So he was averaging 5,000-plus for three years. Which is yeah. a lot of yards. I think 06 was when he first started because I remember. I think that was when we really laid an egg in Colorado or something awful. We always did. Colorado he, he did or that. Missouri, one of those was so always just my, a... my my freshman year was 2007 and we were home against Colorado and I think he threw four interceptions in that game. <laughs> was that the one where we flipped off the fans? I think so. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure we were booing him hard. Well, I. <laughs> I don't know. I, I as great as Mahomes was, it gosh, and it's it's not fair to the kid. It just kind of he leaves had, a bad he had taste trash in my mouth. offensive line. Yeah, he didn't how, have very many, good offensive lines. How many losses we had? You know, how many games we didn't win? We just weren't a good team. It's not his fault. Uh, it's really not. But I just. Also, you know, as a Harrell superstar, was, he wasn't able to elevate the team around him. Right, I, and but that's at, at some point that's the coach's job too. Uh, I mean, he's, well, he he's got a uh, he's got to rely on what he's who he's got, and he's got guys dropping passes that were starting the year that were at the end of the bench at the end of the year and or transferred. So I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's who he was throwing to. Um, so I, to be fair, I, I make that point. We have no idea of saying the guys around him weren't actually any good without Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. we don't know that Mahomes didn't make them better. Right. Cause maybe those years without Mahomes, we're looking at like three and nine and four and eight seasons instead of 
There's a seven and five. There's an eight and five. Although yeah. that wasn't Mahomes, that was Davis Webb and well, that was Baker, the freshman. Anyways, Though that's that's my quarterback. Okay, all right. Okay, you ready for running back? Yeah, and I I think we're gonna we're because of our our pre-record uh, discussion. I I think we're gonna differ here, but I'm going with uh, DeAndre Washington. Hard to fault you on that one. That's that's who I would pick. Uh, I loved watching him run. He let's see, he ended his career here at Tech with just eight yards shy of fifteen hundred. Oh no, that was this twenty fifteen year. Sorry. Yeah, it wasn't. It was just one season. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yeah, that was that was his uh, that was his last year where he just mowed everybody over. So uh, well, and there's always one play that comes to mind it was that 80 yard touchdown against Kansas State. Where he just like he made people look silly, and he was outrunning people at eighty yards. Like at the end of a run, he's still outrunning people. Yeah, and uh, you know he's still playing today. So uh, I mean, that that's who I pick for uh, running back. What about you? So here's the thing: I, I I never saw him play in person. He predates my Texas Tech fandom, but doing research and looking into it, my choice for running back was Byron Hansbard. Oh, it is. Mhm. You're going because old of, school. Yeah, a, a little bit because of he's your the school's only Doak Walker award winner, which is the best running back in the in the, the country. Um again, this was a this was a Spike Dykes team, so this was much more heavy uh oriented run team than, you know, obviously Leach ever was. Um DeAndre Washington was a close second because again, again, that was the other really successful back that I've seen. Right. I mean, I, I I've watched uh, Shannon Woods, um, Baron Batch, Eric Stevens, Torian Henderson. I didn't. I didn't ever see Torian Henderson. Oh, that's I, right. That was right I'm before me. <laughs> but so that's where I was going with running back. I don't have any other besides just historically, his numbers were impossible to argue with and of course winning that national award he's got uh, speaking of numbers i've got some good ones for you here to back you up uh byron hanspard appears one two three four times on the single game rushing records at texas tech (laughs) and And which records are those and they are they are all in. Three of them are in the year '96, and one of them is in '95. And so, all right, here, here, here we go. No, I, I know that one of them is not going to be most yards in the game because that was DeAndre Washington, wasn't it? Um, or most touchdowns or something like. He, he, no, I that? think he had most touchdown. He had something else. 
But no, I think, or it, most, I think it was like most most attempts maybe. No, I I I thought it was a game against Kansas State at home in his senior year where he like either tied or broke the rushing like single game rushing. I mean, and again, that's not like a super you know high well, feat for Texas Tech running back. Okay, he made the list, but he's on he's number seven. Well, then I don't know what I'm talking about. Go ahead. It was uh, <laughs> okay. So Byron Hansbard, um at number eight. He had 247 yards and 96 against Southwestern Louisiana. And then at number five, he had 260 yards against Air Force. And then 96 again. He had 272 yards against Oklahoma State. 272, my friend. That's number three on the list. And then number one on the list, he had 287 yards against Baylor in 96. But yeah, DeAndre Washington had 248 against Kansas State in 2015, and that puts him at number seven. I do kind of remember something coming up on that. I think they were, yeah, because he passed, you know, Hansford had 247. Um, so he he passed him when he got on that list. But yeah, Hansford shows up four times. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, so looking at, yeah, you said 248. 2015 against Kansas State. Yeah. DeAndre Washington comes in number five for single season yards, 1492. But in that 1996 year for Byron Hanspard, he had just a few yards shy of 2100. <laughs> yeah, that's a slight difference. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, actually, I, I can't, DeAndre I Washington can't was on that on single this. season list twice. Yeah. He was on their five and ten. Um, rushing yard career. DeAndre Washington ended up fifth at 3,400. Um, Hans was first at 4,200. So, all right, you ready to run through some receivers? Yeah. All right. Um, you'll never guess my first one, Michael Crabtree. <laughs> He's also on my list. Let's get that out of the way. Did he make? <laughs> did he make your list? <laughs> Number one. He's like if, if like we're with drafting. A if we're drafting all-time uh, receivers, he's my first pick. <laughs> yeah, he's he's at the top of a lot of lists. Um, he had 134 receptions in 2007. Which is it, a lot. You know what else is crazy? Is that second place is Amendola with 109, same year. I'm about to say also in 2007. <laughs> so that year must have been like... Nobody was catching year. the ball besides Crabtree and Amendola. Yeah, that, that's what that's how I remember it. But then, like, okay, so you, you think about how how crazy. Okay, it, in my mind, 2007, it was everything went to Crabtree, right? He had 134 receptions. And then, to your point, Amendola also had 109 that year. <laughs> when we think back to like Jay Samaro, who's the next on that list for single season re- receptions. Like 2013 with a freshman quarterback, so like everything went to Jason Morrow. He had 106. Yes. So he was below Amendola on the 2007 team, who also had a Crabtree on that team. Man, this is why you know <laughs> seeing those Jason Morrow stats. Of course, you know I don't want to talk. I don't want to put too much pressure on Dante Thompson, but seeing a big tight end be an option this year, it, it kind of makes me excited because you'll. You just have, uh, if they can catch, you can just, you kind of just throw it around them and they'll grab it, and and uh, you know get you 
get you down the field a little bit. So, um, anyway, that said, Crabtree's my number one. Okay, um, why don't you why don't you go next? Why don't you start the uh, your next? You go with the receiver. So I, I was going to bring it back to okay that 2007 year with Crabtree, he had nearly 2,000 receiving yards on 134 catches. Danny Amendola also made the single season uh, receiving yards list for 2007 at um, 1245. So there were 3,100 yards between two receivers. Yeah, that year. That's pretty stacked. They, I bet you they make our list. <laughs> Probably. I, I, no, I don't know about Amendola. I'm sorry. I, I, so, okay, I, I'm I'm kind of waffling back and forth on, on this one. I don't know if I should take both of them, like draft style, or just pick one and deal with it. Um, I'm going to go with Jakeem Grant. Okay, I agree with that. So, he's a, he's a number two for me. I had, um, this is where, man, Adam, you'll have to forgive me if you're listening, because... We'd had some beers, and I can't remember where we differed on this. But this is where we differed. I really wanted Grant on the list, and um, he he didn't have Grant on his list. But I just can't get over. But I, and I can't remember who I can't remember who we had uh, other than Grant. So sorry, I'm butchering that. But uh, Grant, man, I just can't get over how fast he was. Um, so shifty. Yeah, and and the way he was able to uh, return kicks and punts, mm-hmm. and I mean, I know that you're asking for receivers, but hey, if he <clears throat> if he's a receiver on your team and can return punts, then he's your punt returner too. So, I mean, that made him a lot of a difference to me. Uh, but just that speed, I, I can't imagine having to guard him, having to. Uh, Hope that he doesn't just blow by you on every single play, and the fact that he's, you know, gone on to play in the NFL that that makes mm-hmm. a lot of difference to me too. I, I agree. I, I would I would want Grant on my team too. So he didn't he didn't break the top ten in single game record for receiving yards. Again, going back to two thousand seven because I I just like when I go back and replay all these games. <laughs> two players from two thousand seven. Well. Crabtree made it twice for a single game, most receiving yards in a game. Um, he made it twice for 2007. Once against Rice, he had 244 yards. But then Crabtree and Amendola make it on the top 10 list in the same game. <laughs> I'll let you guess which game it was in 2007. 2007. Oh, gosh, it was the Oklahoma State game? Yeah, like... Okay, so Michael Crabtree had 237 yards. Amendola had 233. Oh, that blows my mind. I'm looking at it right here, and I don't believe it. They had it. nearly 500 yards receiving between the two of them. I don't believe that. The day can't be right. <laughs> like, I, I remember Crabtree having a game, and then, of course, dropping the game-winning touchdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I that was the remember. game that got our, our coordinator fired. Yeah, Lyle Sentensich, whatever his name is, did not make the trip back. Nope. nope. <laughs> or he did separately. Yeah, Crabtree had a heck of a day, and then caught that one pass or, or, or missed that one pass in the breadbasket in the end zone. And but it hit him in the hands in the yeah. end zone. I mean, it, it couldn't have hit him any better. And you know, hey, he's had a heck of a day. That's we couldn't stop anybody. So it, I don't think anyone ever laid a whole lot of blame on him, really. Um, but 
I mean, no, I cause, had cause completely... like, like that game, like we had against Oklahoma a couple of years ago. It was just back and forth. It was like a 49-44. Like you had to score in every possession in yeah. that game. I remember that, but I do not remember Amendola having a lights-out day himself. I, I I remember Crabtree just going nuts, but not Amendola too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so that 2007 Oklahoma State game would have had like a Zach Robinson at quarterback. I don't remember their running back, but he was also really good. Des Bryant would have been yeah, on Des that team. Was playing. So you're like, okay, so Oklahoma State was pretty stacked that year. Yeah, that was a heck of a game. That was a, I mean, even, even, even losing it, that was that was a game that would almost be enjoyable to go back and watch, just because it was just all offense. It just <laughs> that's all it was. Okay, so I have uh, Michael Crabtree, Jakeem Grant, one two. You have Crabtree and. Um, well, I, I'm I'm not going to change orders. I'm just going with you. That way, we're not going back on points. I have Grant too. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was getting at earlier. I know that Adam and I differed on this, and I can't remember who we liked, who he liked better than Grant. But uh, that's who I want it too. I, I I'm with you. Okay. Who who is a a third for you? Uh, Jason Morrow. Yep. Jason Morrow is on my <laughs> list. Uh, we, you know, we talked about him a little bit already, but um, you know, he's number two on receiving yards, and he was a tight end, and he had thirteen hundred and fifty-two receiving yards in twenty thirteen. So, which is, you know, number two on single Crabtree. season. I mean, sorry. yeah, yeah, behind Crabtree, but everybody like he's behind him by six hundred yards. Yeah. But he's also number two single season. <laughs> yeah, he was one of those guys that just, gosh, you couldn't bring him down. Um, you know, they tried to screen him. You couldn't screen him. Um, he just kind of, he just had his way with you a little bit. And uh, he was dominant, especially mm-hmm. especially in the inside. So I, that's he's no question, he's on there. Okay, um, yeah, he, he's on my list as well. So we have Crabtree, Grant, and Amaro. Um, the other guy I was thinking about putting on was Wes Welker. Yeah, I think this might have been where Adam and I kind of went back and forth because I think he wanted Welker and Amendola, and I was thinking we got to get one or the other. Um, and that's where Grant came in for me, but um. I, re- I agree with Welker. I have him on my list as well. All that to say. Uh, so we have four of the same? Yeah, we have four of the same, but my fifth one, I, I can almost guarantee it won't be on there. And it was Adam's idea, and I really like it. You Do you, you want me to go ahead and say what it is? Yeah, because I'm thinking it's not Amendola. Um, I'm nope. thinking about players you've seen. Um, there's a couple that it could be, but I'll let you go ahead. And... Lyle Leong. Nice. That's that's who I would pick. Cause just think about, I mean, the the high jump ability. He's second in career touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Because all they had to do was like blind, you know, Potts could just blindfold a a, a ball <laughs> roughly towards the corner, and Leon would catch it almost every single time. And then we would hear about how they've been playing football together since kindergarten. <laughs> that's right, over at Abilene. 
because <laughs> it was that season where like, like I think Leong had like 20 or 21 touchdowns, and every time it was, well, he and Potts have been playing together since they were children. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he had um, he's he's number well he's tied with Crabtree number two on single season touchdowns. He had 19 touchdowns mm-hmm. in 2010, um, and like you just said, he had he has 32 career which is number two behind Crabtree, who has 41. So Adam brought that one up, and I immediately thought, yeah, that's good. Because I just remember how clutch that was and how everyone knew it was coming. I mean, that mm-hmm. was like all we could do. <laughs> that was all we could well, do except maybe get it to – was let's see, was Amara – yeah, Amara was around then, but, you know, not at the – not in the red zone so much. But, yeah, that was just no, like the not, red zone play any was – throw to the corner to Leon and he's going to climb the ladder and get it, man. Yeah. Amara wasn't there for any of Leon's years. He wasn't. Well, he was there in, he came in 2012. Ah, oh, crap. You're right. You're right. I think. Let me oh yeah. Cause Potts didn't throw to Amaro. Yeah. Anyway, that's my number five. Who do you got? Going with that same kind of clutch, reliable receiver. Um, more recent than, than Leong is Eric Ward. Oh man, I, it was it was that same kind of mentality. We got like gosh. to the forty, and we just knew okay, Daigie's gonna throw to the end zone to Eric Ward, and he did it a lot, and was successful fairly often. I mean, he's tied for eighth on the single season touchdowns at twelve, so not like he put up a, a you know nineteen uh, touchdown season. Um, but 2012 also had a Jakeem Grant, um, maybe uh, an Amaro on that team. I'm trying to look yes. at who else was on that team at that time. Um, no, that's a great pick. I, I really like Ward. He was, I think, during that time, especially his last year, I think he was my favorite player on the team. He was so fun to watch. He could, he would make some incredible catches. I remember some one-handed catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was against Baylor, maybe against Baylor, and there's one against Kansas too, where they they went for a review for, I feel like forever. Oh, forever, yeah. Because he came down like on his side with the, with the ball. Yeah. Did he have possession? Did he juggle it? Whatever. And he nope. And he, he did have possession. Touchdown. Yeah. The, <laughs> the guy, uh, the way he could contort his body midair. I, I yeah. I, I love that pick. That's a great pick. Because he was he was a blast to watch and and um, I felt like he I don't know I, I don't feel like he got uh, all the credit he deserved playing here he was he was a really good receiver and he worked really hard mm-hmm. he's coaching now yeah he's coaching high school yep yeah I follow him on Twitter I I really like I like keeping up with what he's doing so. That's a great pick, man. I I completely support that one for sure. So our five wide receivers are Michael Crabtree, Jakeem Grant, Wes Welker, Jason Morrow, and then you had Lyle Leong for five. I yep. had Eric Ward. Yep. And if you're going to be trying to s- separate the team, like we're looking at Ward versus Leong, that's man. impossible. <laughs> that's impossible. That's a tough one. <laughs> because both were... You throw it in their direction, they're going to catch it. Leong yeah. was more of a jumper. Eric Ward was, if I'm going to put a hand on it, I'm going to catch it. Yeah, He had hands of glue, it seemed like. Well, and Ward, I think, 
I, I think Ward was stronger too. Yeah, he I think was, he could he was get little, a little bit get a little bit more separation. He was mean. <laughs> yeah, if, if he needed if he needed you away from him, he'd make it happen. Yeah, and that reminds me, who was it? Um, was it Darren Moore that could have been called for like offensive pass interference every time the ball was thrown to him, and he that hardly was ever right. called for it. Yeah, because he was always very open. <laughs> yeah, and it, he showed up on some of these uh, single season, single game lists. Man, I forgot about that guy. He, he, I remember, oh, he's the next Crabtree. That was just kind of all the stuff floating around him, and that's not fair to the guy. No, one, no well, one's so, going to be the next Crabtree. <laughs> so he played opposite of Eric Ward in 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. They play on opposite sides. Um, so he made the top 10 for a single game receiving yards at 221 versus Texas State. I think he also hurt himself that game. Yeah. Um, Eric Ward did not make the top 10 list there. You know, Like I said, Amandela's on that list. Crabtree's on that list twice. Falani's on that list. Somebody that... I really liked Joel Falani. Yeah, I got to I got to see him play quite a bit. He and Jarrett Hicks were mm-hmm. they were there at the same time. I remember them. Uh, He's on the so Jarrett Hicks made the single season top ten list for single season receiving yards. He and Carlos Francis were tied eleven seventy seven. So you know what I like too is number one on receptions is a running back. Well, because there was a lot of uh, a lot of screens in those years. Leach loved to throw to Torian Henderson, man. That was just <laughs> all right. Dump it off. <laughs> Three hundred. That's funny because like nobody else in that list is a is a, a running back. Everybody else is a receiver. <laughs> no, but like he led, like he still leads all time career reception numbers. Yeah, he, he, he played two thousand two to two thousand five. Yep, and he's he's above Wes Welker. So by what's that forty three. And then Eric Ward, who's number three. So, and I then think we put together, Grant's four. I think we put together some pretty good teams, man. Yeah, I would, I would, I would pay to go see this team play. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I'd go to that school. Hey, you did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got a question. This one actually came from my brother. Um, which team has the better position groups, 2017 or 2018? Then he wants us to give reasons for optimism or pessimism. So I I don't think you can just say one team has the better group top to bottom. I think if you look at individual groups, you can say, okay, 2017, it's to be determined on quarterback. I would, I don't know. Depending on the day, you can convince me either way. Receivers, I'm going to lean 2017. Running backs, I'm going to lean 2017. Offensive line, although they're all returning, I would lean towards 2018 because of yep. the experience. Defensive line, overall depth and experience, I would say 2018 over 17, even though you're losing Mike Thomas. I, Mike Thomas is such a huge loss to me. I, I, that's the only one I disagree with. Nice pun. <laughs> yeah. It's a big dude. He's a very large loss. Um, that's that's the only one I disagree with you so far. I, um, I mean, I, I you've got Joe Thomas, I think that's or is it Joe Wallace? It's Joe, Joe Wallace, Wallace Nick McCann, yeah, Roderick Washington. You've got some guys that can fill his shoes, but man, uh, I, I don't know. I really like how he played last year, so uh, that's my reason for pessimism on 2018. Is is I, I think Mike Thomas is. He's going to be a guy in the middle that you're really going to miss. Mm-hmm. 
um, linebacker, I think because of the, the group returning and experience, 2018. Defensive back, experience, group returning, 2018. So defense, I think, is all 2018 for me. Uh, offense is all 2017 minus the offensive line. Yeah. But then again, the uh, the quarterback and running back are kind of in TBD. Yeah, those are uh, uh, those are some pretty tough ones. Hey, what about uh, what about special teams? Push. <laughs> I'm not excited. <laughs> Spencer did not make a happy face. <laughs> um. I would say 2018 with it just being sure um, sheer hope that our kicking isn't as bad as it was in 2017. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping we can trot someone out Knock there. That, wood. Yeah. That can make <laughs> a few more than every other field goal. Oh, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> that's, that's where we got to start, man. We got to be realistic. So, yeah. Then we had another question. Well, do we do we answer reasons for optimism or pessimism? I, I think you did. Um, well, and, and you did d- defense. Too. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say defense. I think it, it it's primarily on returning experience uh, for my optimism for the defense. Pessimism on the offense is that you don't have a a known uh, quarterback. You don't have really a known running back. I mean, you've got Dalian Ward, who was really good two years ago. Trey King was okay, but it was his first year out of a JUCO. They typically, if junior college players are going to make a transition, it's going to be their second year. Um, and then you're in the running for that graduate transfer from Cal. So you could have a really good group of running backs that you could really rely on and lean on if you're going to be running the ball a whole lot, whole lot more. Um, and not that 2017 was all that great at running back, but you just you're relying on some guys to take a step that you just don't know that they can or will. Offensive line, obviously, like the defense, banking on experience there. Yeah. So we got a question from Red Raider Reset 1. If Dakota Allen or Jordan Brooks goes down with an injury, what kind of shape do you think our D will be in? I think if you lose one, you might be able to... Function. I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say cover it. I, I would say you'd still be fairly decent and functional because of Rico Jeffers. Um, he's a guy that really came on last year, and he's as a third running or linebacker. <laughs> gosh, as a third linebacker, you feel pretty good. Like if he has to come in and, and give a break for either one of those guys, you don't think there's going to be that big of a drop in production. Um, Obviously, you'd want to keep Allen on the field as much as you can. Jordan Brooks is really good. Jet Jeffers is pretty good. I think those are probably those two are probably closer together than Jeffers is to Allen. Um, I don't think your defense col- collapses if you lose one of them. If you lose both, that's a different story. Yeah, if you lose both, it's a uh, it, it's it's not good. That's very very bad shape. But yeah, yeah because I, the 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 success you found at, at linebacker last year obviously was set up a, a lot by your improved defensive line play. But don't let that 
you know, take away any talent or don't let that, you know, persuade you to think that Dakota Allen or Jordan Brooks aren't really great linebackers. Yeah. And then he also asked, will either one of you be going to see Infinity Wars on opening day? I will That's a not. That's no for me. Yeah, same same here. I'm, I did see Black Panther recently, uh, but I've, you know, I haven't seen Ant-Man. I haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming. I haven't seen Thor Rang, Wrangle Fraggle Rock. I haven't seen... Um, <laughs> Is that the actual name or did you just make that up? It's It's... It's either Ragnarok or Ragnarok, and whichever one I think it is, I'm always wrong. I get the I get the consonants mixed up on the on the mythical town or planet, but <clears throat> that I only say that because um, I'm so behind. Oh, I haven't seen Doctor Strange either, even though it's on Netflix. Um, so no, I I won't be. I feel like I should be a little bit more caught up before I at least try to to watch that one. And man, to be truthful, just I am I am overloaded with Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff right now. That's why I can't even keep up with them. So yeah, I, I we probably talked about this last time or in a previous episode. I I I stopped. I was not able to keep up after like Iron Man two. So it's been several years. <laughs> well, and, and I, you know, I, I did go see, I think it was 2012. I did go see, I think that's the first Avengers uh, on opening, at least opening weekend. I don't think it was opening day. But I did go see it. I mean, I was, I would go see them as soon as I possibly could. And then, man, they just really branched off. And probably right around the time Guardians of the Galaxy came out. That was when I, I couldn't keep up with them. I mean, and I, I saw that one, but that was kind of around that time where it seems like, oh man, there's just there's just a, a new one um, every three or four months. It seems like. So now I I won't be there, but that doesn't mean I'm a. You know, I'm not gonna take a take a huge swipe at people who are or who enjoy it. But and and I probably would be there if I was caught up or at least plan on seeing it in the theater yeah so we're not we don't go to the movies a whole lot we actually went tonight i went to go see a quiet place finally oh tell me yeah you want to talk about that song it was it was different it was a little different than what i was expecting samantha and i were discussing this on the way home i think what threw us both off is so if you don't know storyline story plot sorry there might be some spoilers here you're basically you're following John Krasinski and his family in this apocalyptic time where aliens have basically taken over the planet. That's probably a huge spoiler. <laughs> well, that's probably I mean, if a massive spoiler. If you've seen the the trailer, the movie, then that's then not you'll a know. no. If you've seen the trailer, you know what I'm talking about. Good lord, man! <laughs> well, how does it end? <laughs> well, I'm not going there. Well, no, because as part of the problem is. You're just kind of dropped in. Whatever happened to start this whole sequence has already happened. You don't get to know what it was. Then the storyline, you follow this family. And then the the movie just cuts to black. Like, you, there's no resolution. You don't see what happens. Ooh. So, like, there's no... 
there's no starting point in the movie. There's no ending point. You're just kind of dropped in for a, a little chunk of time. And without going into actually spoiling parts of the movie, there's no... There's not really a good place to start or end, like, in terms of plot or that kind of thing. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just... Uh... There's, no, there's no momentous action or activity that starts the movie, because whatever happened, you don't know what it is. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler. That, that's probably a spoiler. I don't know. Maybe not. I'm not going to tell you what the the aliens are, the Don't creatures, or whatever it is. Don't get to start talking about a movie <laughs> within like two hours of seeing it on a podcast, because he'll just be like, "Oh well, and this, and this. Oh, and he was dead the whole time." And this. Okay, this is not. This isn't. You know, Sixth Sense. Or... Oh, dude, you totally spoiled. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um. But then, how old yeah, is that I, movie I, now? Like is that said, movie twenty something years old now? I've got to look it up. Sorry. It may be, but like I said, like. It cuts to black and not at a, at a part where there's a reasonable expectation for the movie to end. Oh, okay. So it just kind of... It's like The Sopranos. Yeah. Like, there are things that you would want to know after the movie ends that you're not given. Sixth Sense, um, if the movie was a person, it could join the armed forces and or buy cigarettes. It so came 2000? Out, no, it came out in 99, so it's actually 19, 19 years old. Yeah. Ugh, wow. So, to answer his question, Infinity Wars, no. <laughs> yeah. Me neither, but not, you know, not for any, like, huge reason. Mainly just because I don't know what's going on. And I know there's so many little tidbits that I feel like I would miss out if I just showed up to Infinity Wars without seeing, you know, those four or five movies I, I listed off while ago. So... All right, and we got one from Jonathan at John fourteen forty three. Why are there so many different polls in baseball, and why can't tech public relations stick to using the same one week after week instead of just using whichever poll we're highest in? So I can't tell you why there are so many polls. Besides, it's not as well regulated as basketball or football, where they go off of one or two. I know there are basically any media publication that does anything around college baseball will put out their own poll and Texas Tech is known or has a tendency to just say hey we're ranked whatever depending on who whichever publication has them the highest Hmm. so it's not like we're always going to use the NCAA we're always going to use the RPI we're always going to use baseball today or baseball America or D1 baseball whatever those all those publications are so I get Texas Tech using the one that they're highest in. As long, like, my, my thing, I don't know if they do it or not, is just be consistent And if your opponent is ranked, use that same ranking. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally get it. it. It's just, it's completely just for face value. So for anyone going through Twitter and sees a, a graphic, you know, number three Texas Tech taken on whoever, um, sure, they may have been number five and, in a different poll, but whoever sees that is just just going to immediately take that in. I totally get it. It's uh, I'm sure every, I'm 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 sure most all other schools do it, 
and it's definitely just for face value, just for the yeah. people who are just scrolling by and going, oh man, oh these, you know, this is number three versus number seven. That's let's stick around and watch that game or or, or whatever. Yeah, and the other thing is, um, I think at this point where where Texas Tech is ranked when you're your top five, there's not a whole lot of discrepancy in the rankings. You may be three, you may be five. Uh, whereas you know Oklahoma this past week, I think they ranged between fourteen and like twenty four. So there was Ooh. a huge gap in like where they were ranked depending on who you looked at. So that one kind of like okay, you're, you know, it it's obviously like you're you're kind of shaking your head and like we're going with the 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 ranking that has it at fourteen, even though most of us have it at like eighteen to twenty. You yeah. Know, but tech is you know you look at all in the three, four, five range. I kind of think. And I, I may be wrong on saying this, but I feel like in football, uh, they do the same thing now until the playoff committee meets, mm-hmm. and then that usurps everything. I think if you're in the AP poll at seven, or if you're in the coaches poll at eleven, you're going to be the number seven Texas Tech Red Raiders. So I, I think it's just kind of a common thing to do it. But yeah, like you said, Spencer, you've got to do common ground. You can't. You've got to use the same pole for your opponent and and uh, approach it that way. And the, the the issue with like if you're going to go back to college football as an example, so like ESPN's going to have their own ranking system. That too. That yeah. that game is going to be like okay, Texas Tech ten versus a, a twelve Oklahoma. I'm just throwing yep. this out there. Whereas those rankings will be different depending on which media company you look at. It may be AP is Tech is twelve, Oklahoma is fourteen, or or flipped, you know, you're 12 and Oklahoma's 10. So, yeah, I I, I kind of wish there were just like a, a central ranking body, but then you're going to have all kinds of politics with with centralizing that and not really worth it. Right, and the good thing is a lot of, a lot of the way baseball seems to work out, and believe me, I'm, I'm new to following Texas Tech baseball. Uh, but or just college baseball in general, is that it has a lot of built-in ways to prevent just complete overrating and, uh, you know, high votes. It seems to just have a lot of ways to weed that out through the regionals and super regionals and so on. I mean, you're going to play a lot of teams. You're going to play teams from schools with, like, 4,000 people, teams with schools with, like, 60,000 people, and they'll play each other. And... Whoever wins is whoever wins. That's and it's a series, so it's not just like a one and done thing. I I think they have a lot of built in checks and balances there. That's what I was looking for when I started this rant ramble. Um, that kind of keep it from just being oh well, these are the top blank teams in the country going to Omaha according to the uh, you know the arbitrary ranking systems that we employ. The other thing I think that lends itself to that for baseball is that so much of baseball is it's relying on stats, which yeah. is very quantifiable. Easier, an easier metric to apply universally, whereas like in football, you can't say we're going to take the number one offense. Well, in what metric are you looking at number one? Like total yards? You look at efficiency? You look at points scored? If you look at you know baseball, like it's it, there's not like like there's not an offensive system that says we're going to grind out, you know, a 17-point game and we're, we're going to win. 
whereas another offense is going to put up 60 points and lose. Yeah. Texas so. Tech. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question from Kyle Lang, at sports underscore Kyle Lang. Hypothetical question. If Texas Tech could be guaranteed a national championship once every 10 years in the sport of your choice at the cost of every other sport being at the bottom of all Power 5 schools, would you take it? You want me to go first? Yes. Okay. If he would have said five years, I would have taken it in a heartbeat for, for uh, football. A national championship every five years? Every five years. I would have taken it in okay. a heartbeat, and then everyone else could just be at the bottom of everything. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, Mike. Uh, I know that's going to hurt, but uh, <laughs> that's what I would do. Every 10 years, though? No. No, I wouldn't do it. 10 years isn't enough. Um, but but the argument could be made, and I don't want to stumble on what you're going to say because I don't know what you're going to say, actually. But the argument could be made if you win one, and you're guaranteed one every 10 years, Who's to say exactly? And you're going to get the recruits that saw you win that one, and maybe it'll be just kind of like a, a Bama situation where the rich just get richer, and there's no way of stopping it. What do you What do you think? How would you answer this one? Well, it, on a related kind of hypothetical, okay, are the other sports bottom of all Power Five on only the year that you win the national championship? Oh, good. Yeah, good point. Because so, if, if that's okay. it, then yeah. Because <laughs> like, okay, if if your football team wins a national championship every ten years, but your baseball team can go can reload, you know, in the middle of that ten year cycle, is that okay? Or your basketball, or name any other sport you want. I think I, it's an easier yes. I, I I still think I would lean towards yes because a national championship in football is. I don't know. It, it seemed like it was almost unattainable for a school like Texas Tech, especially in its current state. You look at it like, how can we ever get to the the competing with an Alabama for a championship type? Oh, well, okay. Well, let's let's reload it and think of it this way. Great question, Kyle, because we're going all over the place with this. Um, all right. So I, the way I read it, I'm going to say two things. Sorry. First, I think the way I read it is that he means like for eternity. You pick the one sport that's going to be guaranteed a national championship every 10 years, and every other sport is just seller, bottom, you know, you know they, they go 1-17 mm-hmm. in, in conference play or whatever in basketball every year or something. So the other question is, is football going to be around enough for that to be worth it? What if, what if we take this hypothetical question and then uh you know 2038 rolls around and there's no more football and just the rest of our sports (laughs) suck (laughs) and there's nothing we can do i mean i would be kind of leaning towards uh if 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 you thought of it that way and about the chance of football just not existing in maybe 15 20 years at least at the collegiate level uh, I would definitely. I would I would change my sport to basketball. Basketball would be the one I would focus on, but then I still don't know if I'd take it. I still don't know if I'd take the take the risk of of being guaranteed it. What do you think yeah, if you look at it that way? 
if it's if every other team is garbage for eternity and we're trading that in for a champion a national championship every 10 years and football never goes away <laughs> i may be able to be persuaded into that we've got a lot of qualifiers to, for this hypothetical here i would have to just find secondary teams for baseball or like i'm just going to be looking at the mlb or i'm going to just just look at the nba you know not look at college athletics that we're not excelling at who else would know this like who else would know that that's a cool thought would would you um well after like five years well i I would say alabama but they're competing for a national championship more than once every 10 years the rest of their sports are pretty ho-hum and they're not they're not you know bottom of the power five but like basketball i mean since avery johnson was their coach they've been a little bit better but go spurs go man I haven't heard anything about their their baseball team. Yeah, I I, I think um, oh man, I, I had a, I had an angle to to take that, and I totally lost it. Or like um, a Clemson. Yeah, I know nothing about the their, their other sports. Man, I lost it just like I lost that fourth uh, favorite. Fourth or fifth favorite cafeteria food on the other podcast. <laughs> anyway, it's it's gone. But um, yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a great question. Cost. Of, oh, okay. No, I remember what it was now. I finally remember. Um, I wanted to know from Kyle if if anyone else knew that I made this decision on behalf of all of Texas Tech <laughs> athletics. And, I mean, like, is this a? Who am I talking to? Am I just talking to some, like, sports deity type person? And they just come to me individually and, and present this hypothetical to me, and then no one else knows unless I tell them, and they don't believe me anyway. But they might after, like, year seven or eight, and Tech is headed to the national championship, and every other sport is the worst in all of Power 5 <laughs> athletics and has and been no for seven of, years. Yeah, there's no hope of turning it around. <laughs> yeah, no hope. Um, I, yeah, it just... I, I don't know. I got a kick out of this one, man. That was good. That was good. All right, so what did we learn this week besides Kyle has good hypothetical questions? Um, I learned two things. First, Dave Grohl kicks so much ass... Um, he just comes out is. there. He, he's the lead singer of the Foo Fighters, man. Okay. And uh, he just comes out there. He screams at you for the, the entire time. Uh, my friend Adam and I have been to see quite a few different concerts throughout the years. And we were both kicking ourselves that this was the first time we'd seen the Foo Fighters in concert. So that was really a blast. Um, if you guys are into rock at all, check them out. Check them out, <laughs> like it's some <laughs> what? I sound like, like it's a new a, or unknown band. I sound like such a tool. Yeah, check out uh, this little band called the. <laughs> anyway, only been around for twenty years. <laughs> listen to me, but don't listen to me sometimes. Um, but yeah, they're they're really, they're really a blasting concert, and I I, I can't stress that enough. Um, the other thing I learned was that a five gallon bucket of sand weighs approximately thirteen pounds. And I removed approximately ten. Wait, I I thought you said it was sixty-seven. Oh no no no! I'm sorry. It's a, uh, it's sorry. One gallon 
weighs 13 pounds. Okay. Yeah. So yes, one, five gallons weighs almost 70. Yeah, a five-gallon bucket of sand weighs almost 70 pounds. And I know this because I removed about 10 five-gallon buckets worth of it from my yard yesterday after that nice big dust storm on Friday. So the uh, only the strong survive in Lubbock, especially in spring, and that tradition still continues. <laughs> um, not that this is anything new or earth-shattering, uh, meteorologists in Lubbock don't know what the heck they're talking about. Friday, they were like, all last week, they're preparing us for these big storms are going to roll through on Friday. Heavy rain, heavy thunderstorm, hail, high winds. I think it rained at our house for 20 seconds. That's it. And then again, we had this forecast for tonight going into tomorrow, rain. The There was a storm in the area. It like literally went around Lubbock. Like it, it hit us on the west and it hit us on the east. Like it literally split around the city. It's like, that has happened so many times <laughs> in the last year. It's it's really odd. And it's just been a really weird spring too, because like it's been cool enough that I haven't had to run my AC in the house yet, and we're almost in May. But also like it'll it'll spike up to you know eighty or ninety and then drop down back to sixty and then warm back up into the 80s and 90s and drop back into the 60s like it's it's fighting there's there's a fight going on to keep spring in Lubbock which if it means we're gonna have high winds and this no rain nonsense I would just just rather get us a summer but I think it's living here that has me firmly in the camp that spring is by far the worst season and I think I've said this before and I just want to keep reiterating it because it's terrible it is terrible out here man so whenever anybody you know asks me what my favorite season is, I've never said spring, and it's not going to be a. It's not. I'm never going to say spring if I'm living in Lubbock. This is the first year where I actually was like, man, this kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like I've I've never had like an issue with the wind. This oh, year I'm like, oh I am fed up with it. <laughs> and like we haven't had like any like any dust storms per se and, and not even like one of these big haboobs that roll through it's just been like pretty constant like we'll have it two or three days a week where winds get in the 50s and 60s you're just like this is miserable it's just red and it's, it's just red you, the sun is just kind of a glowing orb that you know is somewhere in the redness and then you get you know 700 pounds of sand in your yard yeah yeah I really don't think that's an exaggeration y'all I, I mean I spent over four hours yesterday with a rake and a leaf blower and a hoe and a broom and just started scraping all that out of the yard because I, I left I went when I went to Dallas I went Friday morning and so I missed all of this and I, I pull up on Sunday afternoon and my front yard looks um, you know looks like it could be a bad lie for your golf golf game I don't play golf. <laughs> So me neither. I don't yeah, know. Uh, I bet I bet no one noticed that I don't play golf the way I worded that. But <laughs> man, it just it was disheartening. And I, usually when the dirt blows out here, there's a lot of new construction. Usually when the dirt blows out here, it gets all on my back porch, and I think I've griped about that before. And I fully expected to open my back door and just see you know piles of dirt all on the back porch. Well, the wind was doing something so crazy and so weird, it actually cleaned off the back porch. So that's when I knew something was weird. That's strange. It, it was like I had gone out there 
and swept it and used the leaf. Pl- I mean, it, it was pristine. It, it was. I was okay. Well, we're dealing with something different. This is some sort of weird swirling, crazy wind. I don't even get it. Yeah. With so with the way that our house lays, our back, our you know, we get swirling winds on our back, pa- our back patio. So on days like Friday or this weekend when it gets kind of windy, I open the door and it just reminds me of like um, the movie Interstellar where they're like having to yeah. flip over their plates on the table because it just dust settles on everything. Did you did you know that? Uh, did you ever see the Ken Burns documentary, The Dust Bowl? Mm-mm. Okay, it's I, I like Ken Burns stuff. Um, anyway, that's a great little documentary, and the people that they're they're talking to. At one point where they're interviewing, you know, they're interviewing the guy that looks like he just has one eye. They're kind of older people and they're talking about just how dust was everywhere. Those are real people who lived through the real Dust Bowl. And that's footage mm-hmm. from Ken Burns' documentary and they intertwined it into Interstellar. Interstellar. And I was like, oh man, this is, these people actually know what, <laughs> what dust is. Yeah, they, they truly know. And it, it was, I mean, that documentary, if you, if y'all want to know about some dust, y'all check that out because they were there was so much static electricity in the air they were dragging chains in their cars so that their cars would stay grounded. And that way you wouldn't shock the complete hell out of yourself when you got in and out of your car. I mean, which it, it is something nuts. I, I haven't I haven't experienced this any other time in my life. But like this spring, I've noticed if I go to like a fast food restaurant and I hand somebody a my, like my credit card, it oh. might. If my elbow is touching the door, I'm going to get the shock of my life. Yeah. Like when I hand over my card. Yeah. Because of the, the static on the car. Man. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I, I don't think I've had that experience. I've I've had some pretty bad ones just at the house because we have a couch that's pretty susceptible to that. Especially if I'm wearing some sort of like Under Armour type shirt. Mm-hmm. Kind of that you have blend. on your couch. Yeah. Yeah. And you stand up and you just know. You can kind of feel it. And then you go... Hit a light switch and just pew. I've I've shocked I've shocked my daughter really bad by I mean you know never on purpose, and you just she just kind of, you know she would just kind of shudder or shake a little bit and you're like oh I'm so, I'm so sorry I was just coming to pick you up I had no idea I was charged like this because we live in this desert dune dune like yeah, planet we, we, we've we've noticed some extra static in the house too with the new carpet. Yeah. Um, that we'll go and reach for like the light switch and the light switch is plastic. The plate is plastic, but the screws Screw that man. hold the in yep. aren't. <laughs> so like you'll get close to hit the switch and just, it'll get you on your knuckle. You're like, yeah. Argh. Sometimes you'll, I mean, and you'll see the arc sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that'll, that'll do it for us this week on the 23 personnel podcast. We covered a lot of ground. <laughs> we did. we went from football to dragon chains. <laughs> Um, for Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us. We will catch you maybe in two weeks, maybe next week. We'll let you know. Alrighty, everybody, have a good week. Bye.